Well, I suppose Winston McEntee announced this agency in February last year. So we're, it's been 12 months or more already in the planning, which is great. And as you said, it um, has a, a number of functions there. And it says it's going to deliver services, provide helplines and other supports, coordinate government activity and gather data. So then again, in June last year, we were told the agency, as you pointed out, was going to start and um, be active in January 2024. So I suppose this announcement is just part of the next phase of announcements and the implementation of this plan. So, I mean, you know, it is a plan. It's, an, it's a long time in the, the making and we're looking forward to it actually, you know, opening and being established in order that hopefully we will um, have an integrated cross-departmental response in the short term to ultimately eliminate violence against women for the mid to long term in this country because unfortunately it is at pandemic levels. Yeah, it is at pandemic levels, Miriam. And as, as Siobhan says, this is, you know, it's all it's all part of the plan uh, due to uh, get up and running from January of next year. And I'm sure agencies such as yourselves and uh, Siobhan and others at Clare Haven will really welcome this and, and working in tandem with them. Yes, and I think that, you know, over the years, there have been different things tried by the government and different governments over the years. Um, most of the domestic and sexual violence agencies are funded at the moment under TUSLA, and that did make an attempt to set up a specific agency to work with us all, but it was limited within its scope. Um, in previous years, they've set up COSC. Um, in 2006, the regional advisory committees were set up, but after about six or eight years, they became defunct. Um, so, but I'm very hopeful that this new agency, Minister McEntee basically seems to have her head around what is needed and is very encouraging that it will need cross-departmental involvement in it at high level anyway, you know. And um, Siobhan was probably with there last week or the week before, sorry, the one of the first engagements they've had with, say, services that are actively working on ground. It was a very positive day in the department in Dublin um, where we basically kind of all put our different thoughts on the table as to what would be, what would what we want as a positive response from the department as it's set up and what we as the service providers on the ground see that we need to help to make it work, you know, and there was, a, I think there was a sense that from everybody that attended it, that they were listening to us and that they were open to consulting. Cause I think that like things have been tried over the years and the agencies that have been set up in the past were not that I have anything dreadfully against them, but they were set up by sort of civil servants that didn't fully understand the workings of things on the ground. And we were tied up in knots in relation to different bureaucratic ways of reporting. Um, for example, if we were funded from a couple of different government agencies, we end up duplicating reports to all of these agencies. And they're all slightly different. And even within the one agency, um, just again, my experience might have to be, we would have to set in, set in quarterly financial reports in one format and maybe a six monthly format in slightly differently. And then a further one for the end of the year. So you're kind of saying like, hang on. That sounds like fun. 
you know, it, it, there, there are easier ways of doing this. Ask us, we'll tell you how we can do it very easily and get it to you in a clear, concise way. Yeah. You know, so uh, I think there's kind of, I, I think everybody had a sense at that meeting that they will talk to us before they start putting, you know, hard and fast rules in place for how this will work. And that seems really important, Siobhan. If only, if, if only, if they only engaged with you to cut out that kind of needless time an effort being wasted, that would be positive enough. But to actually uh, consult with and get the thoughts of the likes of, of Miriam and those at Rate Prices Midwest yourselves at Clarehaven to, to speak to those who've, who've been at the coal face, who know how things, in what areas things can be done better, what mistakes have been made and so on. Um, it, that seems really, really important uh, in terms of how they can feed into and make this statutory agency as good and as effective as it possibly can be. Exactly. And that's, as Miriam says, we don't want it to turn into another bureaucratic nightmare and another layer of bureaucracy between ourselves and the minister. That's that's no good to anybody. It's particularly no good to the women and children being directly impacted. So as Miriam points out, this agency needs to be informed by the specialist services on the ground, such as ours. Clare Haven Services have been working in Clare with women and children subjected to domestic abuse for 28 years. I don't have that level of knowledge, but collectively within this organisation, I can I could make up a team who could put this agency together in a lot faster than 18 months and possibly have you know the same outcomes. So we are absolutely, it's so important that um, we are being informed because all the things that, are, that were listed at the agency are going to do um, deliver services provide helplines, offer supports, um, gather data. We're doing that. We're doing that anyway. Currently, we're doing it and being funded by TUSLA and Victims of Crime and GCDOI and many other people, many other agencies and by the very good and generous people of Clare and the businesses of Clare. We are doing that work. So they, it's, it's really important that they listen to us and it's really important to us that they hear what the services need um, and what the services are doing that's working and where we can see where things can work more collaboratively and um, more in a consolidated way. And um, as Miriam points out, even why do we need to do four different reports of four different departments? It's all government. It's all coming from the same um, exchequer funds. So with, with that important uh, collaboration, um, it, it's a way forward and it's a new way forward based on Miriam's experience um, as she outlined there, rather than doing it from the top down, it needs to be done from the ground up. Listen to the women and children as well. Just before I go back to Miriam, actually, uh, Siobhan, the, something that they're going to be tasked with, well, they're going to be tasked with a number of issues, but uh, amongst them is delivering refuge spaces and safe houses. And I know, I think it might have even been the last time you were on with us, that was something that you spoke about, uh, you know, that the difficulties in trying to help everybody who needs that refuge, who needs those safe houses. You help as many people as you possibly can, but there's only enough space and safe houses uh, to, to go around. You must be delighted uh, to, to hear that, uh, given, uh, you know, you've previously highlighted that as as a big issue. Absolutely. And I mean, we again, as Minister McEntee launched um, the, all these announcements um, last February, uh, there's been a lot of talk and there are a lot of planning and there's a lot of um, plans and, you know, action plans being put together. Um, nothing can come fast enough. You know, we have a shortage um, under the Istanbul Convention, which we agreed to as a country to sign up to. We are not meeting those, the very basic targets, let alone, you know, a more substantive tar target of where we could have more and more women and children being protected. But also what's being named currently um, is 
the importance of allowing women and children to remain in their homes to allow them to continue living as normal a life as possible rather than always shifting the women and children away out of their homes. But yes, we do need more um, refuge spaces. What I would be very cautious of, though, is who is going to provide those? You know, we're talking about commissioning, we're talking about provision, but what does that look like? And will it be the specialist services or will it be outsourced in many ways? I suppose if you look at other sectors within our society, such as housing, homelessness, um, direct provision, and international protection people who will be providing that and will it be specialist services providing that and will we retain that specialist knowledge specialist skill set that ourselves and Clarehaven and all our um, sister companies across the country and people like Miriam's organization will they be the informants of the policies procedures within these um, commissioned new spaces because that would be important it's not just about a bed and a pillow uh, and Miriam, I mean, from a Clare and just Midwest point of view, how, how much of a need is there for additional refuge spaces and safe houses and how potentially transformative could this be? And would you agree with Siobhan's point that it is crucial as uh, regards to who oversees the provision of these? Oh, I think it is. And again, it's it's one of the things that this agency will be looking at. Now, I can genuinely say that I don't see this being a quick fix but I would say in the coming years that with, you know, strong intentions to do it, because one of the other things that the agency is going to try and do is to standardize practice around the country. And yes, I would really agree with that. But I think it's also that the community and the community organizations really need to be involved in the process at a local level as well. And again, I'm kind of harking back historically to those regional planning committees and the Midwest Regional Planning Committee, which was Slimmerclare and North Tipperary, was basically the very last one to go. I think it had been told to stop working and it took us two to three years to actually stop working because we had so many projects in stream that we just said no. And the HSE who supported them at the time actually supported the Midwest one for the further three years to finish the work. Um, again, and that was led by Jackie Devey from Clare. Um, you know, there were huge pieces of work involved, but the all of the organisations, housing, you know, were all involved with it at a local level as well. And the amount of work that was achieved was phenomenal. And so again, like, yes, standardise, but include the local knowledge in the local planning processes as well because it's the people on the ground in the area that will be able to kind of i'm not cut corners is probably the wrong way but find the easiest route through whatever the high level goal is if they're supported to do it okay and to find a local solution to a local problem as opposed to trying to shoehorn a, a clear issue into a dublin solution for example Okay. Yeah. Uh, Siobhan, it was interesting that Minister Harris uh, has mentioned that he thinks this agency could have a broad scope in examining relationships and gender relations in the future. I just wonder you know, how potentially transformative that could be. Could it, in terms of perhaps getting ahead of any potential problems further down the line, you know, leading to more understanding in gender relations and perhaps as a consequence you would hope less incidence of domestic sexual and gender-based violence? I mean, it's, it's an interesting theory, um, I suppose, um, it, from, a, I suppose, an academic perspective, it's very interesting, you know, how you would break these issues down and how they could, um, you know, be realised on the ground. It, it's, it's, 
sounds very complex his aspirations and what he's naming there and I don't know he's talking about maybe broader gender debates that are going on at the moment and what he's talking about bringing those in to the conversation um it, it could be it, it would be it would be very interesting about how it's taken up I know there's a lot of talk about you know the curriculums and schools and how they would be taken up and then I mean there's also the, the query of who owns the schools and who decides what gets taught in schools as well so there's a lot of partnership work that will have to go on there um but yeah I mean in theory it is we of course want conversations to happen we need to have conversations to happen um you know there's so much going on about the toxicity of you know the and uh, these people that are amputated whatever his name is being arrested and all this machismo that we see online and all these expectations and gender rules that are trying to be enforced across maybe social media and you know there's no harm in absolutely having those conversations with young people with adults with everybody so that we can have an understanding of the very broad spectrum that is human existence and um, perhaps if that's where he's going with that i suppose that we're more at a practical level here um in, in Clarehaven. and i'm sure like like a claire haven and siobhan miriam yourselves at rape crisis midwest are, are dealing more with the practicalities um but what did you make of uh, what your, what are your thoughts on that and what minister harris was was suggesting that the statutory agency could explore further down the line yeah, again, I think it, it probably is a strong possibility because I think Siobhan and Clearhaven will agree with me in one of the things we've always been banging the drum about is about the education that's needed around the effects of violence against women. Um, the talk at the moment is about how it will be worked into school curriculums and how that might play out and stuff like that. But again, you know, we are the people on the ground that are actually, say, currently going out to schools, doing this kind of work. And one of the key things that has come up with me is, say, agencies like ourselves in Clarehaven, we're probably never going to have the capacity to do much more than what we're doing now and parachuting in with our specific brand. But we really need to be involved in what the delivery of this new program in schools is going to be like. And further on, what we could probably well bring a lot of our experience to is the education and training of the teachers that will be rolling this out on a yearly basis to the children in schools and providing some kind of support for those teachers as well. You know, um, it again, it is very much a long time. I suppose I'm the eternal optimist. I have always believed that education and awareness is what is going to make the difference and even if you're only alerting the children to the dangers of say the current lifestyle with um internet abuse with pornography with all of these kind of new sexual crimes if you like and how they can maybe evaluate in their own heads you know what is real for them what isn't um if we can do something that prevents somebody getting involved in something like this at an early age, yeah, it's going to, you know, it will stop some of the problems that are coming down the line at the moment.